I think I'm most looking forward to the adults versus the youth in volleyball. I believe the uh, they're going down, Miss Sandra. Was that Miss Sandra? Somebody said it, and I believe it. Uh, the winner is going to have to serve the other group. Whoever, the, well, the winner is going to have to be served. The loser is going to have to serve the other group. I don't know, maybe crawfish or something in a couple weeks. We have giveaways today, and uh, one of those giveaways is crawfish. I'm excited about that. I think in the Bible it says that if you get crawfish in church, you should give the pastor 10% of that crawfish. I think it's in the Bible somewhere. Leviticus. I'm finally able to wear white pants. I tried to wear them last week. Leah said, no, it's not spring. It's too early. One of my friends said, uh, I see you got your little white pants on. It's like, thank you. I thought of uh, Will Ferrell. You know, I don't know if y'all know Will Ferrell, his tight pants song. Anyway, I won't go into that. Um, I'm excited that you're here today. I'm, uh, I have a word for you. And uh, I'm excited about what God's wanting to do. And so uh, I believe that, that spring is not only a time naturally when things change. Uh, I believe things change spiritually as well. And I believe that we're in a season that things are going to start to spring up into your life. Do you believe that? I believe that dreams are going to spring up into your life. I believe that promises that God has given you is going to spring up into your life. The seeds that you have sown for years is going to spring up into your life, and I believe that that only comes through Jesus. And because we're coming into faith, we believe that this is the season that God's going to do the miraculous. And I want you to just really, in your heart, believe that my harvest is near. My harvest is near. I am coming to a place where my breakthrough is near. Jesus had a reoccurring theme in Scripture and in the book of John. And his theme was this. The thing that he reiterated over and over again was this. He said, those that are thirsty come to me. And drink. Those that are thirsty come to me and drink. In John uh, 4, we see him say this to a Samaritan woman. She's a woman that she's carrying a pot, she's going over to a well, and Jesus and his disciples just got done with a big crusade. So his disciples were hungry. They were hangry. They were getting mad. They were like, I need some food. So they said, you know what, we're going to leave and we're going to go get some food. And Jesus said, well, I think I'm going to stay here because he saw a Samaritan woman coming to a well and he knew that it was an opportunity to speak life into her. He knew that she was coming to a well, but he was really the well that she was looking for. And I believe today that maybe you've come to church for I don't know what reason, but it's really the well of Jesus that you're looking for. And he looks at this woman, and it was a Samaritan woman. And the reason why this was awkward or, or not normal was that in those days, Jews did not talk to Samaritans. And Samaritans didn't talk to Jews. But how many of you know that Jesus sees no race? Jesus sees no color. He sees no difference in people. He sees people. And he sees uh, the potential in people. Another thing that was out of the ordinary is that he went to this person 
and it was a woman. And then in that day, women were not treated equally as men. I'm glad that, that God is not like that. I'm glad that God uses women. I'm glad that God raises up women. I'm glad that there is no thing of like, oh, well, the men can lead, but women can lead. That's not God. Look all through Scripture. God used women, and he used them to do great uh, exploits in the earth. And so he doesn't look at gender. He doesn't look at, at race. He's looking at the heart. And she came with a, a water pot, and she's going to the well. And, uh, and he, says, he says, look, he starts uh, having a conversation with her. And uh, she's shocked. And he says, hey, where, where's your husband? And she said, I don't, I don't have a husband. And uh, he said, that's right. You've had five husbands. You're young, and you've had five divorces already. And the one that you're living with now, he's not your husband. She said, wow, I think you're a prophet. And he said, I'm more than a prophet. And he says this statement, and this is the climax of the, the really discussion they're having. And it's in John 4, 14. It says, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Look at your neighbor and say, never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Let me ask you today, what needs to spring up to life in your life today? What needs to come alive in your life today? Because Jesus was telling her, look, you think that you're coming here for water, but you're really coming here for me. Jesus said, you think you're coming here, see... Theologians believe that this was even a spot that prostitutes would go to, to uh, get sold off. And so I, I believe that this woman probably uh, did exactly what she saw as her childhood. That her mother went to husband to husband and there was no solid father in the home. And, and, uh, and because of the, her mother's distress, the mom wasn't there either. And... Jesus sees this pain in this woman that's coming towards the well, and he's saying, hey, I'm the water that you're looking for. He says, I'm the father that you're looking for. You thought you were coming to just get some water, but you actually need a father, and I'm the father that you're looking for. He's a perfect father. He's a perfect father. He's a father that loves with an unconditional love. He is love. If God for a millisecond stopped loving, he would stop being God, and he cannot do that because he's God. He is love. He will never stop loving you. He will never give up on you. He will never shame you or look away from you. He's a good father. He's a good father. And maybe today you say, you know what, I'm lacking a father in my life. Listen, you can go straight to God, and he can fill that void. He was telling this woman at the, at the well, look, you come, you've come here. Maybe you're lacking a mother. I'm the mother for you. I'm the mother that you need. Some of you, maybe you don't have a mom. Maybe your mom never nurtured you. But you got to know this, that God can fulfill that void in your life. Maybe you have a strange relationship with your mother and you feel this sense of insecurity. But God says, hey, you come to me and I'm going to fill that void because I am your mother. I heard the, the movie The Shack was unbelievable. And uh, I heard that, that the movie, people, people got so religious and aggravated that God was portrayed as a woman. And they were like, well, God's not a woman. God's a man. What? God is I am. 
He said, this is my name. I am. I am who you need me to be. I'm not a man. I'm not just a woman. I am. I am. I am. He, listen, who do you need today? What do you need today? Because it is God that says, I am what you need. You might have been coming here because you need a physical thing. But God says, I'm going to begin to do such a work in you that it's going to become a spring that comes out and bursts out of you. Come on, because we serve a good God. He said, listen, that relationship that you're coming for, he says, I'm, I can fulfill that relationship. That little girl or that little boy that keeps stripping you up, God is saying, come to me. I'm the answer. I'm the answer to the relationship. I am the answer. You come to me, and you're going to find life. It's going to spring up. I feel like some people in here, maybe you've had a dormant time, and God wants you to begin to spring up. I have some uh, crepe myrtles at my house, and uh, I, asked, I asked our yard guy, I said, can you, can you trim these back so these things can bloom? And I didn't know that he, when he trimmed them back, it's going to look like two dead sticks in the ground. I mean, it was ugly. It was bare. It was disturbing. But how many of you know sometimes pain will bring you into the process of the promise? Sometimes a pruning in your life, maybe you feel like you're bare right now, but God is saying right now is the season where you're going to begin to spring up. Sometimes pain is what brings you to the process, and God isn't trying to bring pain. He's trying to bring in you to let you know that you need him, and he's going to cause you to overcome. This woman, this woman finally recognized and realized and accepted that the person that she was talking to was not just a prophet, not just a good guy, not just a, a seer, but somebody that the whole world was looking for. It was the Messiah. It was Jesus. In the, it was God in the flesh. And as soon as she believed in him, there was something that got deep down inside of this woman, and it sprung up. And she left her water pot there, and she was had such a spring on the inside of her that she went to her town and told everybody in her town about meeting the Messiah that the whole city came to see him. Maybe you have a water pot, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to leave it at the altar today. Maybe you have a water pot. Maybe you have a need, but your real need, God is saying, I'm your need. I'm the one that can quench your thirst. And today... We're all thirsty. We're all thirsty for something. We're all thirsty for a need. What are you thirsty for? What are you thirsty for? Because God's going to fill that thirst. In John 7, just two chapters later, there was a festival going on. The festival was called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles was like Mardi Gras except worshiping God. Everybody came out. All the families came out. They're all shouting. They're all screaming. And what the Feast of Tabernacles was was an eight-day festival. It was an eight-day festival, and they would begin to acknowledge what God did in their life and how faithful he was. Has God been faithful to anybody in here? Come on, you thought you couldn't go any further, and then he lifted you up. He carried you where you couldn't, you couldn't carry yourself. You couldn't get up, but you cried out to God, and he got you to the other side. That's what our father does because he's a good father. And so in this festival, they would, they would celebrate what God has done and what God will do. God is not done with you yet. If you're always talking about what God did, I think it's healthy. But know that God has a greater plan even today for your future. 
God's got a great plan. Maybe it seems like a dead end. God is the ruler of dead ends. He can split open the Red Sea and cause you to walk right through dead ends. It does not phase him. It does not intimidate him. It does not cause him to back away. He says, you got a dead end in your life? I'm about to cause something to spring up. And I'm going to begin to show up in your life because you came to me. Come to me, all that are thirsty, and I will give you drink. And so in this festival, they would do this ritual, and they would celebrate a time that Israel was in the wilderness in, 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 Ezekiel, or in uh, Exodus, and it was a time when the people of God were thirsty, and the people of God were about to just get destroyed because they, no, they had no water. And God told Moses, I want you to tap on a rock. I want you to tap on a rock, and water started gushing out of the rock. It started bursting out of the rock, and they all begin to drink. And, and this festival was a time where they celebrated that. So they would get this golden pitcher, and they would go to this pool called the Pool of Shalom, which was a pool that Jesus sent a guy that was blind, and he got healed. And they would dip the pitcher in the pool, and the, the water represented this water of life. This water of life that quenches all thirst and they would take it and they would go into the temple and they would pour the water over the altar. And then the whole nation of Israel would begin to sing out of the book of Isaiah and begin to say, God, you are my joy. You are my salvation. Jesus shows up right at the climax of this, and he makes an incredible statement that stood in the minds of people and began to change the atmosphere. He said this, John 7, John 7, he said, on the last day, the climax of the festival, festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. How many of you got, know that God is not a respecter of person? That anybody can come to God and come and get filled. He was saying this. He was saying the rock that you're celebrating, I am the rock. God is the rock in your life. Maybe you have found your rock in your career. Maybe you have found your rock in your relationship. Maybe you found your rock in your family. I can tell you this, all those things can be faulty. But I can tell you one thing that will never fail, one thing that would remain forever. His name is Jesus, and he is the rock of our salvation. He'll never fail you. He'll never abandon you. He'll always be there with you. He is our rock. He said, listen, you go and I am the rock. I am that pool of shalom. I am what this festival is about. He said, I am your healing. Some of you might have physical healing. God can heal you. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. He can heal you. If you have cancer, he can heal you. If you have diabetes, he can heal you. If you have a tumor, he can heal you. If you have a bad report, he can deliver you because he's in the business of delivery. He's in the business of setting you free. Come on, you thought you were coming here for a physical need. God is going to say, listen, I am that pool of healing. I am the pool. Come to me. Why don't you just tap on me like Moses tapped on the rock and said, God, I need you so that he can pour out his spirit on you and touch you and deliver you and set you free. He said, I am the gold pitcher. I am the gold pitcher. 
The pitcher represented wealth and eternal wealth. I am that gold pitcher. I am the wealth you're looking for. You think it's a financial problem. I am the source. I am your provider. Come tap on me. I got you covered. I'm a good father. I'm going to make sure you get through it. Maybe your bank account seems small, but the true wealth is in Jesus. He said, don't live for the things that can burn up where moths can eat, but the things that are eternal. Moody said this. He said, he said, the biggest failure in the world is for people to succeed in things that don't matter. And God says today, I'm going to give you true wealth. I'm going to give you true wealth. Begin to knock on me because I am. I am what you need. They begin to pour this water, this living water over the, the altar which represents the, our forgiveness. And I can tell you today that he was saying that I am that forgiveness. I am the water that was poured over the altar because you can't forgive yourself. You can't do enough to be forgiven. You can try to come to church every Sunday. You can try to pay your tithes every week. You can try to build some orphanages, but it's not going to forgive you. The only thing that can forgive you is Jesus and what he did on the cross. We're all in a place where we need who he is. And they, he began to say, I'm that altar. I am that sacrifice. I am what you need. And they begin to shout for joy. And he began to say, I am that joy. I am the joy. That joy that you need, I'm that joy. The pill's not going to fix it. The relationship's not going to fix it. The family's not going to fix it. The joy that you need is me. Come to me, all that are thirsty, and I will give you drink. I will fulfill that place in your life. And God is saying, listen, I want you to begin to know that you came in one way, but you're going to leave another because you begin to tap on me. Sorrow might last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You got to begin to say, God, I trust you. God, I'm tapping on you. You are my rock. You are my deliverer. He's here today, man. He's here. The good thing about our God, he's not dead. He rose again. They tried to put him in the grave. Three days later, he sprung up. And he said, I'm alive, I will not die, and I'm going to live in you. Listen, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Your thing, your situation is not over. It's not over. God is telling you today, I'm going to cause you to spring up. I'm glad we serve a God that can fulfill our thirst. That sin won't fulfill it. That sin, that immorality, that lust won't fulfill it. It won't fulfill it. He said, why don't you leave your bucket at the well? Why don't you leave your addiction at the well? Why don't you leave your doubt at the well? Why don't you leave your situation at the well and pick me up? Because I'm your answer. I'm your answer. Today, I want to challenge you as I get somebody to come and play. Because I believe what God is asking you today is to say, do you choose me to be your fulfillment? Do you choose me to fill your heart? What is your need? Because I'll feel it. Some of you today, what you really need is a Savior. Some of you today, when I've been talking, there's something that's been stirring up in you. I felt it too. It was that feeling that I need a Savior. I'm tired of doing this thing on my own, and I believe in Jesus. And I'm tired of, 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 of living both ways and trying to, you know, be double-minded. God, I need a Savior. I need to give you my life. I need to say that you're my Lord. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I know 
that I was born to have a relationship with you. There are people in here today that you know you came here today maybe for barbecue. But you know, you know that you are really here today because God is calling you. He's calling you and saying, hey, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Come to me. Are you thirsty? Come to me and drink. Now, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity today. If you say, you know what, I am thirsty and I do want to give my life to God. I want to give you an opportunity. And I also want to give those that need an opportunity to be in a place that say, you know what, maybe I've been looking for the wrong thing. I recognize that I need Jesus. I want to say a prayer with you. If everybody can just bow their heads and close their eyes, and you say this today, I need a relationship with Jesus. I know I'm here today because I need forgiveness. I need that rock. I need that deliverance. I need that father in my life. If that's you today, I want to say a prayer over you and with you. Because the Bible says if you say this prayer, that your sins go as far as the east is to the west, meaning that they're no more. Come on, if you say all the things I've ever done, I want to put them in the sea of forgetfulness. I want you to say a prayer after me. I want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus, under your breath, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that I can have a relationship with you. I repent of my sins and I turn away. And I ask you into my heart. I believe that you died and you are alive. And I'm asking you to become the Lord of my life. If you said that prayer today with nobody looking around, can you just lift your hand today? Just lift your hand all over the room, all over the room. I see your hand. I see your hands. Come on. Say, today is a day of salvation. Today I'm making that decision. Listen, tomorrow's too late. Tomorrow's too late. God is saying, today, make that decision. Can you do something for me and lift your hand up one more time? Let me just see your hands. You say, today I'm saying that prayer. Today I said that prayer. Today is your day of salvation. I want to do something significant, and it's something that I've done. The Bible says, if you deny me before men, then I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. But if you accept me before men, then I'll accept you before my Father which is in heaven. I want to give you an opportunity not to embarrass you, 